Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode two of the Pat Light Show. And listen, we're in a great spot right now. As most of you know, if you ever follow me on Twitter or any other social media platform, you know pretty much who I'm rooting for in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, and listen, I'm, in, I'm, I'm living large right now. This is, this is as good as it gets for me. I guess it could have been a little bit better based off last night, but we'll get into that. Let's start off in the National League. We got Dodgers, Braves, and I think something happened there that no one saw coming, and it was the Braves jumping out to a 2-0 lead here. I mean, Dodgers have steamrolled everyone in this playoff picture. And, I mean, at least in my view, they are the most talented team in baseball right now. And sure enough, the Braves, who are a very young, very talented team, they got Freddie Freeman as a veteran presence over there. Um, but – they come out guns ablazing, and well, in in reality, they they got off to an early lead. First off, little little fun fact about this this uh, series so far is that whoever got out to the first lead is who won the baseball game. Um, the Braves jump out to a one zero lead, I believe, in the second inning of the first game, and then it was a pretty even game. The, the Dodgers, you know, scored a run like the seventh or the sixth to tie the ball game up, and then out of nowhere, the Braves erupt for four in the in the top of the ninth and end the game. Um, and then we go back to game two, the Braves go out. I think they go up 5-1 or so uh, early on. And then I think this is what you could, you could look for as a baseball fan. The tides turn a little bit. Dodgers end up losing that game. But in the last four innings of that game, the Dodgers outscored them, I think, 4-1 to one or 5-1, to one, end up losing 8-7. But you start seeing a different Dodger team. And then we saw that again in game three. And in game three, they are erupt for 11 runs. I'm sitting at my bar trying to manage that place, doing my own thing. I see, oh, okay, good. They got scored one run in two pitches. That's a pretty good start. And then they slow all of a sudden. They, they're doing a little while, doing a little I have to go take care of something in the kitchen. I come back 11 nothing, And it was as quick of 11 runs as I've ever seen in my baseball career. And you're seeing the tides turn here. So although the Braves are up 2-1 in this series, listen, I wouldn't be shocked, especially with another bullpen day, even though the Braves are not classifying this as a bullpen day. It's a bullpen day for the Braves. And they're pitching or they're going up against arguably one of the best pitchers of all time, at least arguably one of the best regular season pitchers of all time, and Clayton Kershaw. And if this is not a coming out party for Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs to go in and dominate this game, and go and take this series back to 2-2 and have the Dodgers in a better position, I don't know what is. Uh, this, again, this Dodger team, they are extremely, extremely talented. Uh, they have the, the mix of the veteran presence with young talent, but that young talent, remember, has been in the World Series the last three years. They're not that – They're although, you, you know, age-wise, they are a young team. Baseball experience-wise, they are not a young team in any capacity. And they're playing an inexperienced Braves team, a team that is not, has not been there before. They have not closed out an NLCS series before. And now they have to do it against one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball. Listen, it's just going to be tough for the Braves to pull off, especially having to go bullpen day here. I think if the Dodgers go in and they win this game, Kershaw come out, comes out and dominates, and the Dodgers go and win this game, I think they end up taking the series. And, they, again, they show, which I've mentioned before, they show the Braves why they're not quite there yet. They're a great team. They're, they're a young team. They're going to be – I think the Dodgers and Braves may be going head-to-head for a long time along with that Padres team. But 
they're not quite there yet. And again, I think they show them that in the, in the back end of this series. Um, I just think the Braves, the Dodgers are just too deep. Absolutely too deep. Well, Josh, I'm curious. You're a, you're a younger guy than I am. You're a younger fan than I am. I know you like this, this young Braves team. Who are you, am I, am I delusional here to think the Braves, the Dodgers can come storming back here? No, not at all. I think just based on what happened last night um, and the situation the Braves are in right now with the bullpen day with Kershaw on the mound, that it's such, it's a breaking point. I think I totally agree with you. If the Dodgers get this win, the, the tide is completely flipped. If the Braves held on last night and had somehow won that game, it's it's a wrap. I don't think the Dodgers had the the stuff to like come go do that kind of comeback. But it's a it's a scary moment for the Braves, especially in this situation of having a bullpen day, because all you need is the Dodgers to crush their bullpen dudes, and they need to run through all their pitching. It's a wrap. It's yeah, over. This- this is where you need a Max Scherzer. This is where and everyone talks about, you know, Garrett Cole's big contract. Everyone talks about, but Garrett Cole, even though they lost that game, Garrett Cole came out and, 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 and gave their, his team a chance to win. And that's where that money is made. That, this is where the Braves need that. And again, it is showing a hole in the, Braves, in the Braves team. They need someone here. They need an ace to come out and show, them, show the other team who's boss and close out this series I mean, granted, uh, uh, you need to win two more to, to close the series, but they need to get to 3-1. They can't have 2-2 against this Dodger team and have a chance, in my opinion. I think they had an opportunity here 2-0. They come out flat. Um, they come out flat in game three. But at the same token, I don't want to take too much away from this Dodger team and say this is the Braves' fault that they're there. The Dodgers, and that from, from inning six, I want to say, till all the way through last game, they have taken control of this series. They have from the inning six of game two where they outscored them and then and came storming back. Didn't wasn't able to complete it, but came storming back. And now they go out on game three and absolutely dominate this. This Dodger team looks like a whole different Dodger team than we saw in the first game and a half. And now they're in a position to come out with Clayton Kershaw in game in game four. It's outrageous. Yep. And if they're not they have the most confidence in the world going into game four right now after winning 15 to two and having Kershaw on the mound to shut this team down. Listen, I don't know what will do it for you. This, this, this Dodger team, I'm telling you, I don't see any way, even down two one right now, I don't see any way they don't win this series, especially if they win this game in game two, yep. especially if they do, if Kershaw comes out and dominates, I think this series at two, two would be a wrap, but listen, talking about wraps though, and you know where I'm going with this, Josh, because I'm closer to the mic, which means I'm more excited. Yes. And I'm having fun here. We're having a lot of, a lot of fun here. Yeah. And talk about a team that's having fun is the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we all kind of thought, at least in the beginning of the year, at least I thought, I thought the Rays were probably the most complete team in the AL. Although I picked on my own podcast that the Red Sox would win the World Series. <laughs> Obviously a joke. Um, but the Tampa Bay Rays – they're just, they're good. They're very good. And I wanted a sweep last night. They didn't get it for me, which, you know, I can handle. They're up 3-1 against the Astros right now. Listen, they look great. They've looked great all postseason. That, this is just how the Rays have done. They, the Yankees gave them a run for their money, which I believe the Yankees team is a better team than this Astros team. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be, it was a tougher competitor anyway. But they just, they got it. They had, they have like it. They just, they just know how to put piece together games and win ball games. And this has been the Rays, 
you know, in, the, in all their history. They, they piece together things. They don't ever come out with the lineups of the 2018 Red Sox or the lineup of the 2020, 2020 um, Dodger team. They don't, they don't ever throw those out there. Or they don't throw out the, the pitching staffs of the, 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 the early 2000 Yankees or even, you know, the days when uh, the, the Red Sox had Pedro on there and all those other guys. Like, they have – they just piece together things. This is the second, second elimination game or a built, or clinching game, I should say, that Tyler Glasnow's pitched at. Yeah. Tyler Glasnow, filthy pitcher, absolutely yeah, outrageous. He, yeah, he's as, as much – again – I threw with the guy a couple of times in Pittsburgh uh, when he was my teammate over there. And it was terrifying to catch the gentleman. The guy, <laughs> the stuff was outrageous. Um, and, it, and that's just that, but that's Tyler Glass now. A little bit more inconsistent last night. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to expect, you're going to see those types of starts from Tyler. That's just how he is. When any time someone's sitting 98 to 101 with as good of a curveball that he has, you're, you're not going to always – you're not going to just be painting corners. Like, uh, Garrett Cole does a really good job of that. You don't see that very well, but that's also why Garrett Cole's worth $400 million. You, 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 this type of guy is going to be – he's going to be off. He's gonna, you're going to see a fastball in the other's batter box every now and again because that's just how Tyler Glass now pitches, and that's just how these types of guys pitch. But if he was a little bit more consistent last night, I think they end up still winning that game. I think they, the Astros are a good team. They, they, they took care of business when they needed to. Um, I just don't think that Tyler Glass now, a consistent Tyler Glass now yesterday loses, loses against the race. I, I, he's too good. At, he's got too good of stuff. Um, he, it's just, lot, you know, huh? He's been throwing a lot. So I'm sure he has something to do with it. Young guy, young guy can handle it. I think he can handle it. Um, but I still think it's just a consistent guy. He's, he's too, he's too good. I think we'll see him again in the world series. I don't think we'll see him again in this series. Uh, Cause I would hope, um, and I think the, Ra- the Rays are the better team. I think they, they you know, they're going to clinch tonight, in my opinion. Uh, but I thought they clinched last night too. But, um, but if you, again, I'll go back to my Twitter account. And if you follow me at all on Twitter, you've seen a little bit. And if you follow baseball at all on Twitter, you've seen a little bit what Jose Altuve is going through right now. Mm-hmm. And as much as I hate the Houston Astros, I've actually really liked how Jose Altuve has, has handled this whole situation. He shut his mouth and played the game. He hasn't played particularly well. But he shut his mouth and played the game, just went, you know, let's – he did that, or, and, you know, that's kind of his, his personality as it is. It seems even when they were really good, he didn't really talk a lot. Yeah. So, um, but he, he may or may not have the yips. And I honestly you hate to see that. As a guy who went through him a little bit myself, so when I, I actually got out of baseball because I couldn't throw a strike anymore. Now, I didn't have crazy yips except for my last game that I've ever pitched, but I miss, I, I wouldn't miss a lot. And it was because I didn't have faith in myself anymore to be able to throw that strike. Yep. And yep. that when you start diving, I always tell people like, it'd be like, Oh, you didn't, wasn't an injury that took your career out or anything. Cause they, you know, they see me at 28, 29 years old. Um, you know, why aren't you playing anymore? You were in the big leagues. You were good. Like what was going on? Well, I couldn't throw a freaking strike and that's going to get you out of the game quicker than anything. And I always say it was like, it's like a mental injury. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And it took, it got me to the point where I was so mentally worn out that I, st- I just stopped playing. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And even though, again, as much as I hate the Astros, I would never wish this upon my worst enemy. Um, it is a terrible, terrible thing to go through to be good at something your entire life. And then all of a sudden randomly, you're not anymore. You get like a couple bad throws and now it's in your head 
and now it ruins your career. Yeah. You know, you look at the Chuck Knobloch from the Yankees back in the nineties and early two thousand. I don't know if he played in the early two thousands, but you look at his career, you know, as a second baseman, couldn't throw the ball. And you look at John Lester, can't throw the ball to first base. Yeah. Like you look at these guys and granted those two guys had good careers. They, you know, they did, they did just fine with the problems, but John Lester's still going. Um, but you just, you never want to wish that upon anyone that is, is, as and if any of you guys have been are out there with, with something similar or have dealt with something similar, um, it is, it is not something that, again, at least for me, that I would ever wish upon my worst, my worst enemy. I mean, you talk about even another, even bigger case of this is, you know, talk about Daniel Bard. Daniel Bard was a guy in 2012 that when I went to the Red Sox team, I was in the minor leagues, but I was going up to the, so- the, the big league club to get an MRI and he got sent down and he would, he told people, he's like, you know, guy, I remember him walking out of the clubhouse in Boston and saying, guys, I'll be right back. Took him a decade to get back. You know, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's something that is so, it's not tangible. You don't know how to fix it. You know, you, I remember sitting in my room sleepless nights after games where I couldn't throw a strike and sit there and be like, you know, what the hell do I do? I don't know. It's just not, you know, okay, I'll do some, I'll do some squats tomorrow. I'll strengthen this hamstring up. It'll get better over time. We'll be fine. This is, does rest fix this? Does, does me just throwing 4,000 pitches a day fix this? When there is nothing conclusive that can, you can, you can, you can hold that says, okay, this is what will get me better. Yeah. Um, and this is, a, this is, unfortunately, you don't see this really until you get to the big league level, until you get to the college level, mm-hmm. which is so interesting and a more psychological thought about And I could talk about this for days, but you talk about the psychology of the game. Why doesn't this happen in middle school? Why doesn't this happen early high school? You see it a little bit in, in, in your, on the varsity squad maybe sometimes, but not, not really. Why doesn't it happen at these levels? And it's because, in my opinion, the added pressure. And you, as you get further and further in your career, pressure mounts, pressure mounts. And it's all of a sudden now maybe something you can't handle. You know, I still think I could have had a good career if I was able to do how, if I, you know, I had a few adjustments in my career that I think I probably should not have made. And I think I would have been fine if I didn't do it. But by the same token, you know, maybe I wasn't ready to pitch at that level. Maybe my, my, my head was not, didn't have the ability to handle that kind of pressure and change. And that's probably true because if, if I had done what I had done, I made the adjustments that I made at the big league level and I translate that, I'd make those adjustments in high school. I probably, after a couple of games, well, that didn't work. And I just changed back to what I did, you know, and that, but there's no pressure there. You know, I got my parents in the stands, very different than having eight, you know, I didn't play in coronavirus time. So I had 50, 60,000 people in the stands watching me. Right. So, it's a very different thing when you have that kind of pressure on you, not to mention team guys relying on you. You know, you got, you got people in contract years that need to play good, that are pl- trying to play good and have on be on a good team because being on a good team matters in your contract. If you suck on your, if you're good on a bad team, yeah, you're still going to get money, but you're not winning. You're not tr- going to the hall of fame. You, you know, you know, they talk about Joe Maurer, who I think is should be a hall of fame guy, but he, he's, you know, he's on a bunch of bad teams. Mm-hmm. So you know, the yips are obviously a very serious thing, and it's, it, it's, it's terrible to watch. I, I sincerely hope that Jose Altuve does not have them because I still think he's a good player. I think I want to watch that guy for the next decade play. But, you know, it doesn't look great right now. 
Yeah. It doesn't look great. You know, some easy, easy throws for a, for, for a 2019 Jose Altuve to make, you know, I think 2020 Jose Altuve looks a little bit different yeah. and who knows it might be part of the cheating scandal. It might be part of where, you know, you have so much pressure on you and so much scrutiny on your team and on you yourself because you want a batting title, right? You want, want an MVP. You know, maybe it's the pressure's getting to him. Maybe now that no matter what he does, nothing's good enough. He's trying to be perfect. And anytime you try to be perfect in anything that you do, you're in a tough spot because you can't be perfect. It's impossible, especially in the game of baseball. So, listen, I, I sincerely hope that Jose Altuve does not have them. Um, and I, you know me, guys, again, if you follow me on Twitter, if you, do any, if you follow me on any social media platform, you know I haven't spoken many nice words about the, the Houston Astros. But I will, I will hope that, that this doesn't happen for Jose Altuve. It doesn't happen to anyone in baseball because it, is, it was the most taxing year I've ever had in my life, and it's the reason I don't play baseball anymore. So, um, yeah, listen, it, it's tough. But we'll, we'll transition into a little bit more of a lighter topic yeah. now that we're not talking about the psychology of baseball anymore. Um, and we got uniforms and styles. And Josh, like I told you pre-show, I'm going to bring you a little, in a little bit more on this, on this topic. I know, you know, I like to get on my rants. I talk for 40 straight minutes. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about uniforms and styles. You're a younger guy, and I always like to have that dialogue between me and you as a, as a guy who's – I'm only 29, but I still definitely go towards the, the older generation of baseball. Although, I will say, uniforms today kind of going towards that. You know, I was, I was a baggy pants guy. I didn't, I was baggy pants. I wanted, I wanted the pants to be low. Every now and again, I do high socks, but I always felt like an idiot out there. So I, I was baggy pants, you know, regular, and then I wear a three-quarter sleeve, kind of like I always wear this. This is pretty much what I wore underneath my jersey every day. Right. Right now, we're talking about Walker Bueller's pants being skin tight. <laughs> skin tight. And I will say also, I actually just saw, you know, I see a lot more guys at my bars wearing skin tight jeans nowadays. I don't, I don't personally do it. I wear, I wear, uh, what's, what's that, that thing? Is, is it skinny slim or something like that? Yeah, probably something like that. It's got a little, it shows the definition of the legs that I work out my legs, but it doesn't, it's still normal jeans. It's not like construction jeans. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think I like, I like that. I like that fit. It feels good. You know, shows off the, shows off the caboose for the ladies, right? Of course. Got to do that. Listen, someone's got to do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But Walker Bueller did it for everyone the other night and wore as, as tight of as, as pants as I've ever seen. Um, when you played, Josh, were you a tight pant guy, a baggy pant guy? What, what, would you, what was your go-to? Uh, I personally, I like the, I like the little bit tighter look. I was a big high socks guy. Yeah. Any chance I got, if I, if I had the pants for it, done deal. High yeah, you look like a high socks guy. Yeah, that's, that's not surprising. I, I, I couldn't – I honestly just hated the feel of having pants down. Like, it just wasn't – I just didn't feel like I was able to go be athletic with that. Uh, okay. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, I, I like to – as cool sockets I could have, whatever whatever that was, if it had to be stirrups, whatever. Yeah. A um, little bit tighter, uh, like, the in the thigh area, I guess. Uh, I didn't like the super baggy, but, you know, it's personal personal preference, whatever of course, kind of, of course. You know, pants you can get your hands on. Um I was a three-quarter guy too. I also played ball in Boston in in early March, April. You know, it's Philly, so you got to wear long sleeves or something. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I digged the uh, when I was younger. We, I was on a team that had like the vest look. Yeah. yeah I loved that. Uh, I loved when the Reds, not the Reds, the uh, the Reds did that last year with the no sleeves. That was that was pretty. That was the stuff. Um, but yeah. 
I, I think there was definitely a look. And listen, it, it took the world by storm, let's be real. You know, all over uh, Twitter. Yeah, it was crazy. All over. Well, listen, I think, I think it seems to be a trend. And again, not just in baseball. It seems like it's coming, you know, into the regular world as well. And I think we're seeing that a little bit more and more. Like I said, I'm seeing plenty of people at the bar, but any guys at the bar with tiger pants on. <laughs> um, so, you know, it might not be a Walker Bueller thing. It might be an everybody thing. And, and again, we're seeing this more like, and this is, again, this ties into the social media aspects, ties into, you know, personal brands. This ties into all of this stuff in the sense that, you know, you talk about the NBA, the NBA has, you know, it seems like 73 alternate jerseys, right? They had an outrageous month. I think that really goes well to their, their demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Their demographic, you know, it's, you know, young guys that, you know, it's, you know, that, that, let's say 12 to 20, yeah, I get 12 to 18. I was really in the NBA at that time in my life, even in the younger than that, maybe like seven years old. I mean, I like to see all those cool jerseys, all that stuff. And you, you're, you're watching you guys play all of a sudden the Lakers are in black Mamba jerseys. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Baseball hasn't, hasn't done that yet. And I don't know that they will, they might, but right now they're still more of the, you know, home away, maybe an alternate. Yeah. But yeah, I remember when I was at the Red Sox, we had, uh, I'm trying to think. We had the we had the blue alternates. We had the home white. Uh, we usually wore blue on the road. I think we had a, a red alternate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really. We don't really. Most mostly the most of the red uniforms were worn in spring training. But right. you don't really. You don't have. We don't have 80 options to choose from. Right. And I'm not sure baseball ever gets to what the NBA uh, NBA does right now. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA is doing a great job. Um, but the, the MLB, you know, they need it kind of, and we talk about this with the bat flips. We talk about, are they going to get out of their own way? Are they going to start doing 90 different alternate jerseys where they're all, you know, these cool things. And now Jersey sales are through the roof or, you know, who knows, but also Jersey expenses are through the roof because you're making a bunch of them. But it's, it's interesting to see baseball almost kind of following in the NBA's footsteps in the sense that, you know, they, you know, the NBA are as outspoken as they, as ever. I mean, on anything, whether you agree or disagree, they're still very outspoken on what they are. And the NBA promotes that. They want them to speak out. Yeah. Um, the NFL, you know, they took a very different stand this year than they have in years past. You know, they've been very anti, you know, the kneeling and they, all that type of stuff. And now Roger Goodell reverses course and is coming in. You know, let's talk about it. Let's, let's have a conversation about it. Baseball, a little bit different. They, they, they haven't said that they're taking away from them. They, they, you're more than welcome to do whatever you want as a baseball player. Um, but def- very different approach still. Yes. And whether you agree with, again, I'm not going to dive in whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it because it's kind of irrelevant to what we're talking about here, but you, you have this personal brand thing that's going on now with the social medias of the world and people wanting to have something after baseball, after, after the NBA, after the NFL. And, you know, it's kind of what I did when I was pitching in the big leagues. You know, most people think I get 20,000 followers on Instagram. Most people think I got them when I was pitching for the Red Sox. When I was pitching for the Red Sox, I had 2,000 followers on Instagram. I had nothing. And until I started doing, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk. And if you don't follow him, go watch Go look at him on Gary V or whatever. Gary V everything on every – he's on, like, he's on Tumblr talking yeah. about stuff. <laughs> guy on Google Plus. Yeah. guy's on everything. But <laughs> – if you if you you look at what he does, and then that's you know, that same year I was reaching out to Josh Shapiro, uh, you know, over at Baseball Lifestyle. So yeah, you see those, things. and that's when I start growing my brand, my own stuff, um, and making this this Pat Light persona 
uh, off the field and being able to do something post my career, right? Not just own restaurants or do whatever I have with the money that I made in baseball, but I want to do something in the media world too. And this is what I've chosen. And guys see that same thing. They want to do something like that. They want to have that. Most of the time it starts off with you want a lot of Instagram followers and the check marks so you can get girls. Right. But eventually as you get older and that's not all that you care about, you transition to, oh, what can I do with this? Yeah. I've amassed, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100, 500,000 followers. What, how can I make money off them? Mm-hmm. And that's where marketing's going right now. Because again, I don't want to, this is not a marketing podcast, but if you really dive into the, into the nuts and bolts of this whole thing is that marketing is in a different world right now with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. You're able to cater who sees your ad. It's no longer you just run it on, on Fox five and hope that the right people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. You can now have the analytics to put in an adver- advertisement that only gets seen by people that might be interested in it, yeah. not just a huge scope. Yep. And I think it's very important that baseball allows these guys to do it. I think it's a shame. Uh, you know, Mike Trout, do whatever you want, man. It's not his thing. It's obviously not his thing. But we got Tim Anderson who's coming alive, coming alive. We got Aaron Judge who's done a pretty good job. He's still pretty quiet though. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything crazy. But you have these guys that are creating these brands. New York. Market. Yep, it's true, New York. Yeah. But you have these guys creating these brands, and it's only going to increase the popularity of baseball. Yep. You can't hurt it unless they do something crazy. But it can't hurt the popularity of baseball. It's only yep. going to help. And listen, I'm happy. And even if it's just Walker Bueller's tight ass pants, I'm okay with it. Yep. Let's let let's do stuff. Let's keep the brands going. Let's keep promoting these types of things, and let's grow the game of baseball because you know NFL and and the NBA are. And I wouldn't say leaving us in the dust because we still have a good core. And there's kids that love baseball, but I think that that will help us. It's a social media era. This is where we're at now. Let's continue to do this. Let's have Walker Beeler's pants be all over Twitter about how tight they are. The next thing you know, he's being asked about in a post game. I don't know if he got asked about it. Probably didn't get asked about in a post game. But he did. He He was like, let's not talk about that right now. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's great. That's great. But I think these are the the things that are going to make people, you know, not everyone's Zach Granke. You know, I know Zach Cranky stuff was, was filtering through Twitter this week about how he doesn't like fans in the stands, which we've all known that Zach Cranky's kind of a social anxiety guy. He doesn't like that stuff. And that's nothing against him. And I, I know I saw some people talk about, you know, the negatives of that and how that's kind of, they were talking about how it's selfish, stuff like that. It's actually quite selfish of you to think that someone has to stop for you to take a picture with you. They don't. That's They're tough. still, it's still a part of, it's not part of their job. Mm-hmm. there's nothing in my job description when I signed for the Boston residents that said, I got to stop and take pictures with people. If we do it, we're being nice. Yeah. You gotta just- we understand that you're there and that you're, 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 the fans are paying our salaries in theory. So, but we're still, it's us being nice. If someone's not comfortable with it, then they, then they don't have to do it. And it's not selfish of them to not do it for you. It's selfish of you to demand that it happens. And I think that's, they, that's, that's the bigger thing here. And I think people need to realize that, at least for the Zach Granke thing. And I won't get on the Zach Granke thing right now. But I don't think – I think the, the baseball is trending away from people like Zach and into the Tim Andersons of the world and into this. And I think we're in a really good position um, for the future of baseball. So that's all I got for you. That's all I got for you in the uniforms and style. That's all I got for you for the, for the Rays, Astros, Dodgers, Braves. I think Dodgers take tonight. I think the Rays take tonight. I think the Dodgers turn around this series, get into the World Series against the Rays, and I think they steamroll the Rays. You heard it here first, folks. Um, but this is where we're at in baseball, guys. We're in a great spot. Josh, always a pleasure to have you with me. Yes, I know that uh, you know, I, was, I was hung up at the bar this morning, but we did it. We got it in. 
And uh, I can't wait for next week to see where we're at with the World Series. Yeah, I'm very it's, excited. I, this game, honestly, I think tonight's game, Braves-Dodgers, most exciting. I'm most excited about to watch. Oh, no season. doubt. Hey, gun to your head right now. Who's, who's in the World Series? Dodgers-Rays. Dodgers-Rays. Who, who do you got taking the World Series right now? Dodgers still. Um, let me tell you why. Because okay, tell me why, Josh. The Dodgers pull out this comeback, it's, it's last night's momentum times 50. Because, yes, cool, the Rays swept or got one loss on the Astros, but one series, good. If the Dodgers come back down from 2-0 to just crush the Braves, you're unstoppable at that point. I mean, everybody already thought they were unstoppable. So, I mean, did, did the Braves just awoken the beast? You ever, oh. see, you ever see Pearl Harbor, the movie with yeah. Ben Affleck? Yeah, of course. You remember, remember? So if you remember it, when they when they bombed Pearl Harbor, they say the 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 Japanese general yeah, is quoted as saying, I, "I'm afraid that we have just awoken a beast or something like that." And then obviously the new cap is on Hiroshima and all that. Right. Um, and ha, has this Braves team just awoken the beast? Because they've the Dodgers have slept their way through this playoffs. They've they've been able to, you know, pretty much kill that, everyone. That be what it was, it, it had been too easy and. Like they it's just a wake-up call. Really do that they were like, okay, hold on, wait a second. This wait a is what's gonna happen here? Yeah, we're the best team in baseball, yeah. not the Braves. No. And then they come out and and drop a fifteen to two win. Yeah. On the Braves, no. hey, no. we're still here, folks. Yeah. That's I'm with you. I think I couldn't agree with you more. The Dodgers win that series. I don't see any way that they don't steam come right in, guns a blazing, and 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 taking this World Series. But yeah. we will see. We will see, guys. That's all we have for you today. I appreciate you listening to the Pat Light Show. Um, this is as fun as it gets with baseball right now. Uh, we're in a great position, and I hope the Dodgers take it. I hope the Dodgers we see we see finally the Dodgers grasp that World Series trophy. Uh, but until next time, guys, I will see you guys later. Mm-hmm.